this is Jared. This is just a little quick blurb on my advertisements. I have iHerb, Remedy Link. Um, I have direct support for my Red Circle, which is my new host. Um, as well as for every episode, I'll try to include uh, relevant affiliate links um, as well as my coaching as well. Please check them out. Uh, there's no obligation to you know donate or click or anything, but they really help sell help support this podcast and I'd really appreciate that. Hey everyone, this is Jared. Um, this is our uh, obligatory uh, sponsorship audio blurb. Um, this is just to tell people that I use Anchor. Uh, it's an awesome app. You can use it on, I believe, iPhone, Android, um, or your computer, and there it's all connected, your account. It's very easy to do. Um, you can make money from it, and there's no minimums. There's no nothing to sign up for or pay for. Um, and it automatically distributes it to a bunch of different platforms as well, too. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a lot more. Um, the, free, the app is available on the iTunes Store, Android. And you can also go to the website, which is anchor.fm. Uh, to get started. Get into it. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, what's uh, what's your background for those that aren't kind of aware of what you do or what your uh, what you kind of work on now? Right. So my name is Josh Bashinsky. I'm a TEDx talker. I have an MA and a PhD, ABD in a little bit of neuroscience, a little bit of psychology, but mostly philosophy. Um, I've been doing martial arts for 30 years. I have three black belts. I'm, uh, I'm a philosopher. I'm into meditation. I've developed a system of meditation. Uh, and my, my project is to try and get the world to meditate. Uh, and, uh, try to get the world to understand that it's not just an Eastern thing. It's a Western thing too. And we need to put the two together for the most uh, powerful benefit. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, so what got you into uh, kind of, um, I guess like the, uh, the degree you got in, uh, was that something that you've kind of always want to do or what kind of spurred you kind of getting, you have a degree in ethics and decision theory, right? Yes. So, uh, always, yeah. Even as a young child, I, uh, always wondered about the big questions, you know, um, uh, I have this very, this very, uh, palpable memory of being, I must've been three or four. I wasn't even talking yet. I don't think. And my grandma was taking me to see, uh, I, I think it was a movie downtown uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where I grew up. I was on the 60 Pemina bus for those in Winnipeg knows exactly what bus I was on heading north towards downtown, just past the uh, Golden Boy, just past the legislature building. And uh, I realized my, my grandma was having a conversation with another gentleman on the bus, and the gentleman had said something that just contradicted himself. He said, A and not A simultaneously. And I thought, well, that's weird. You're like, because, you know, when you're a kid, you think adults can't make mistakes, and they all know what's going on, right? I was kind of, oh, yeah, that's yeah. kind of weird, you know? And I looked at my grandma, and my grandma didn't notice that there was a contradiction. No one else in the conversation seemed to notice that this man made no sense. And I made a, a set of realizations right there. One, I'm the only one who noticed. Two, I'm different than everybody else. 
three, this is the way it's going to be for the rest of my life, probably. I made all those realizations right, right then at that moment on that bus. And ever since then, it's kind of been the same. Um, uh, the red hair and the glasses didn't, you know, it helped me be a nerd aside from society, right? That, that oh, definitely yeah. played into the whole, the whole milieu, right? But, uh, but uh, and that's, and so now you know why I started taking martial arts. But, uh, but yeah, so ever since then, I've been uh, struggling with the big questions. But I mean, it's not just me, it's everybody. Everybody struggles with the big questions. The only, the only thing that differentiates is how much free time do you have to spend on considering the big questions? And so I've been pretty lucky to rent scholarships and to, to have a kind of a life where I've had time to reflect and to think about the big questions and hopefully come up with some kind of good answers. Um, so you mentioned martial arts background because I've trained and I don't have a black belt or anything, but kind of uh, what kind of martial arts you study or have, have you studied in the past? Well, that's, that's interesting. So I, I have uh, three black belts that I mentioned, two in two different kinds of Kung Fu, and one in a Filipino martial art uh, that the Spanish call Arnis, the, uh, the Filipinos call Escrima. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar. I've, I've studied uh, Filipino martial arts, actually. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's a great martial art. Uh, very good for stick and knife. I, I love it a lot. But a lot of the more philosophy aspect of things came out of the, the Kung Fu, the Chinese systems. And so I've also incorporated a lot of the internal martial arts, a lot of the meditation, a lot of the uh, meditative techniques, some Zen Buddhist techniques uh, into um, my system of meditation as well. Uh, and some very interesting brain hacks there of how to control your emotions or how to not even, control isn't even the right word, how to use your emotions as fuel to fuel you into, into action. Uh, and Consequently, uh, allowing using that kind of Zen Buddhist technique, uh, I call it the storm. I don't know what the actual name of it is, because I was never taught any names. I was taught by white people, so they didn't know any of the the oh, names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mostly, I'd mostly, uh, and so uh, uh, it, it's very good for not only for just for uh, any kind of athletic purpose, but it's it's when you get in the zone, and in, when you get you can get in the zone in many different ways. And when you're studying on doing a test, when you're when you're, when you're having a conversation, when you're, when you're focusing on an idea, when you're trying to be creative. So a lot of these different brain hacks are very interesting from both the Western side of the philosophy I studied in school, but also the Eastern stuff I've been doing in my, in my martial arts. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so you, you said you've incorporated some kind of like internal, kind of like chi, Tai Chi and Qigong. Are you familiar with those kind of? And oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I uh, studied mostly Yang style Tai Chi, but I did some uh, Chen style as well. And Qigong, yes, uh, the two martial arts I have black belts in for that is uh, Yin Fu Baguazan and Cheng Shi Baguazan. So Baguazan, uh, you might recognize that name, uh, is uh, another one of the internal martial, martial arts. Similar to Qigong, similar to Tai Chi, similar to Liu Bafa. A lot of kind of uh, martial arts are along the same vein there. And so, yeah, I'm definitely familiar with, with those. Uh, uh, it's uh, a lot of people in... Uh, if you ever see, uh, uh, I mean, this might be a bit of a stereotype, but quite often than not, if you see an Asian person, an older Asian person doing weird arm arm movements and some kind of calisthenics in a the park, they're probably doing qigong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've done a little bit. I haven't like kind of gone deep into kind of tai chi and qigong. Um, so as far as uh, meditation, um, what kind of daily practices, or do you have any kind of tips or anything, or or what, it, what do you do? 
daily at least for meditation wise and right of course so a uh, little background about me just a 10 second sad story so uh when i was younger i was emotionally and physically abused i've already mentioned the red hair on the glasses so <laughs> that kind of comes to the territory right uh and sadly this uh, developed into as uh, neuroscience has shown that has a propensity to develop into a problem with the amygdala and the limbic system and so that's developed into a uh, clinical diagnosed uh, uh general uh, panic and anxiety disorder and depression and so uh my daily meditative techniques are all geared about harmonizing with and controlling and uh uh, uh fixing those emotions or letting those emotions process which for me sadly due to my clinical uh situation tends to run run more nervous tends to, or and or tends to run really hot tends to go very nervous and or on on a dime switch to depression and feeling really down, feeling really tired, feeling, you know, uh, bad for oneself, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so it, the daily meditation is key in that. And uh, I've learned a lot of techniques that can help a lot of people with these maladies. Um, uh, and so usually the techniques, uh, I've, got, I've got a whole system of techniques that I'm doing now. Uh, uh, the technique I will use depends on what my problem is. So I have like a, I have a Cartesian graph of like, low agitation to high agitation and and uh 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 not very positive or sad to joy and depending on where i find myself on that on that graph if i'm too high then i gotta bring myself down towards joy if i'm too low i gotta bring myself up towards joy and you're trying to get that kind of happy medium that uh, aristotle called eudaimonia and it's an activity of trying to pursue uh goodness that uh the, the production of which uh, allows elucid, elucidation, enlightenment, and joy to come forward. And so I found that by harnessing the secrets in the Western tradition, the Eastern tradition, and putting them together, I was able to make this whole system and I could pick pieces out of it depending on where I am on, on this graph. What's right for one person to do in one moment is not what's right for another person to do in another moment. And I think that's why a lot of people fail with meditation is because one, they're getting kind of a watered down Eastern version of uh, a debased version of something that was very good and now it's just one technique out of 50 techniques they're getting one and, and it's watered down so i think that's i think that's the problem and, and they don't know that no there's different techniques you need to do for different different scenarios hmm. interesting um yeah i um i mean my my approach is kind of simple i usually just listen to kind of isochronic tones or binaural beats do you use any of those or do you kind of sit in silence or do you listen to something or um yeah all of the above so we'll, we'll use bilateral stimulation and one way of doing bilateral stimulation can be uh alternating beats in the earphones that tends to work for a lot of people but also we have uh hand buzzers that we could do it that way or we could do meditative techniques there's a shaolin walking technique um there's uh more of a hypnotic uh, pendulum swing technique there's there's following the light technique there's so many different techniques that we can use just for those kinds of, of scenarios. And then there's different kind of wavelengths of sound you can listen to as well. It's going to have a different effect on your brain. There's actually some neuroscience that's proven this. And so I've taken all of that and I've incorporated all of that into the system. And so, yes, we definitely, we definitely can use some of those techniques. It depends on what you're trying to do. For example, theta waves are very good at, at setting the limbic system. If, if you imagine the limbic system like wet clay, uh, theta waves are like heat that's going to set it in that mode, if you will. But you don't want to set it in a bad mode or a wrong mode, right? You don't want to set it to anxious all the time and then 
freeze it there because that's, well, for me, that's what I'm trying to fix, right? I'm already anxious all the time. I'm trying to bring it down, right, is what I'm trying to do. So you've got to be in the right mood to begin with. Sometimes just from the Pavlovian effect of, of listening to these and then becoming calm or listening to these and then becoming pleased in whatever way, we can sometimes coax that to happen. For sure, that definitely happens. But uh, usually it's better to use, I find, different techniques to put yourself in the right zone and then use the theta and the bilateral to freeze it there and the bilateral to process. The bilateral stimulation for the limbic system is very important to process the emotions because you can't, as we all know, bottle up the emotions. Although there are certain situations where we do bottle up the emotions, we do clamp it and then stuff it down when it's not time to process that emotion right now, usually in an emergency or an action situation. Uh, and I have some very real world examples of that, uh, of using that, and I know that it works for a fact. Uh, but that's not good for long-term. <laughs> Bottling up your emotions is not good for long-term, as kind of everybody knows. So uh, then you need the bilateral stimulation to actually, your limbic system is kind of like your digestive system. You need, you need everything you ingest to pass through or, or there's problems, right? So you need it all to pass. You need the emotions to pass. You need to go through every stage of whatever you're processing. You need to go through them so you can get back to that equilibrium, back to that joy. Hmm. Interesting. Um... Have you used, um, I don't use them often, but kind of, um, I don't know of many people that do it, but kind of gamma binaural or kind of the gamma, like I've heard it's kind of, it's good for kind of learning and skill development and it kind of like, I guess kind of, kind of like overclocks your brain from what I understand. I don't know. Have you uh, used those much or? Yeah. So the only one I know about that has any scientific basis to it is the theta waves. Oh, is the theta waves? Oh, okay. It's the only thing I've come across in my neuroscientific studies, which I admit are just a little bit of my act, my graduate work, that had any any experimental basis to it. So it's entirely possible alpha waves do this and beta waves do that. I've listened to alpha waves. I've listened to delta waves, and they seem to have an effect. Alpha seems to get me more serotonin-like and going. Delta really seems to make me tired and 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 zoned out. But it's the theta waves that really have the best effect that I've found when I've paired it with, I've made a, a, medita a meditation assistant, and it's an app. It's an app.meditationassistant.com. And the music that plays is theta wave generating music. Okay, interesting. Um, so that very well could work. The problem is I try to be as science-based as possible. It's hard to do because I'm taking a lot of the hokey Asian, you know, uh, Eastern ancient uh, you know, concepts and also the ancient Western concepts. And I'm talking about like chi and I'm talking about yin yang and I'm talking about stuff like that. And that's, it's poetic. It's, it doesn't map clearly onto neuroscience as we study it now, you know, yeah. so it's kind of hard to do, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's so many great secrets that so many brilliant Einsteins of Buddhism 5,000 years ago came up with that I don't want to throw it out. And neuroscience now is starting to figure it out. They're starting to put Buddhist monks into fMRIs and starting to scan their brains while they're meditating. The problem is that, that Buddhists have like 50 different ways of meditating. So I'm, I'm really into number 38, but I'm not so into the rest. So I want them to do a study on number 38, you know, oh, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't seen one yet. It's called Spin the Clouds. If anybody out there has seen an actual good neuroscientific study on Spin the Clouds, I'd love to see that, please. Because I have a whole bunch of theories as to how this works. It does work for me. It works for everyone I teach it to. I want to know more of the scientific underpinning around it. So if anybody out there knows about spin the clouds neuroscientifically, let me know. It, uh, yeah. Could you uh, go more into that? Is that a 
uh, technique or method presentation. Mm -hmm. It certainly is. So how long do you normally record for? Um, generally about 30 minutes an hour about. Okay. Because uh, what I normally do is I can give you an actual lesson in spin the clouds at the end of the show, or I can do it now if you like, but uh, there's no better way of explaining what it is than, than showing you what it is. Yeah, if you want to do it right now, now would probably be a good time. Sure, seeing as you asked, do you, do you want to give it a try? Yeah. Okay. Okay, then it's not a problem at all. Uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant technique that some genius Buddhist thought up in some cave uh, 3,000 to 5,000 years ago. And I've been lucky enough to find someone who was lucky enough to just, someone told it to us and we just came across it by accident. And this is going to, this is going to, if you're, if you're a meditator, this is going to change your life. This is going to blow your mind. This thing is, this is, is brilliant. Another thing I love about spin the clouds is that it's, it's, it's a technique that you can't get wrong. There's no wrong answer. There's no wrong way to do it. Right. It's just uh, using your plastic brain to, to do new tricks it didn't do before. And so it's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. So um, it's, it's a three-step process. So what we need to do is we need to get calm. We need to breathe into the nose. Out through the mouth. And you can keep your eyes closed or you can open them. It doesn't matter at all. That makes no difference whatsoever. Let's breathe again. Uh, hopefully everyone listening at home is listening to the podcast recorded later on. We'll do this too. Breathe into the nose. Out through the mouth. Good. That's one way of breathing of the three primary meditative ways of breathing. And so now here's the first step. The first step is just to get comfortable, sink into your chair, sink into wherever you're sitting or lying. And I just want you to feel your body. I want you to be cognizant of your emotions. And I want you to feel where you're feeling your feelings. And I want you to feel what emotions you're feeling in your body. So just focus, calm down a bit. Feel where you're feeling your emotions. Feel where you're feeling any emotions that you're feeling. And for me, I feel my emotions kind of a, an inch above my chest. It's kind of where I feel it. You might feel it somewhere else. You could feel it in your shoulders. You could feel it in your scalp. You can feel it in your hands. You could feel it anywhere. There's no wrong answers, wherever you're feeling it. Feel where you're feeling your emotions in your body. Okay, do you feel the emotions yet there, Jared? Good. Now the next step, and this is a kind of a weird one, but it's okay. I want you to notice if there's any motion to your emotions. Does it feel like they're moving at all? Is it radiating out of your chest? Is it moving around like smoke? Is it kind of wafting around like a waveform? feel like there's, try to feel if there's an, uh, a movement to these emotions. And I really want you to feel it. I want you to feel it like there's little strings attached to the emotions and it's pulling on your heart every time it moves in every little direction it moves. Or I really want, to, I really want you to feel like it's like a current of a strong ocean and you feel those emotions washing over you and you can feel it pulling and tugging on your heart inside your chest cavity or wherever you're feeling it. 
So it's almost like you're in a swimming pool and the water is washing you back and forth, but that's your emotions and you feel your emotions moving around. So you get a very four dimensional sense of your emotions, their movement. And if you don't feel that your emotions are moving at all in any way, that's fine. I want you to give them movement. I want you to give them a spin. And the simplest thing to do is just spin it like a top. Imagine your emotions are like a cloud and you're just spinning them clockwise. So any emotion is fine. If you did the previous wave emotion, that's fine. If you did the clockwise spin, that's fine. That's all fine. So just be relaxed, be calm, keep breathing, feel your emotions, feel which way it's moving. Good. Now, Jared, do you feel like you feel your emotions are moving in a certain way? Yeah. Which way do you feel them moving? Um, kind of spinning, I guess. Great. That's fine. It's perfect. Okay. And if, uh, now here's, here's a conditional. So don't worry about it. But if you're feeling, Jared, do you mind if I ask you, are the emotions uh, positive or negative? Would you say they're a little bit on the negative side, maybe a little nervous, maybe um, a little down? Probably more on the negative side. <laughs> sure. That's not a problem. Nothing to feel ashamed about. Then this, to this technique's going to work perfectly for you. And I'll tell you why I asked that after, because it's very important, but I'll stick in the, in the meditation lesson right now. So we're feeling our emotions, whatever they are, there's no shame. You're feeling what you're feeling. The first thing to learn is there's no shame. Your emotions are your emotions. You don't control your limbic system. It does what it does. So now you feel, you feel those emotions. They feel palpable. You feel them palpably moving in that direction. They're spinning for Jared. Maybe they're moving that way for you too. Now here's the final and the crucial and the very interesting step. I want you to feel like they're moving now in the exact opposite direction. I want you to break the flow of that movement. And I want you to move it consciously in the opposite direction. And then I want you to do that again. And I want you to do it again. And every way that emotion tries to move, I want you to break it from moving in that direction. And if they're negative emotions, I want you to shred those emotions. I want you to split them, cut them, dice them up, move them apart, move them in. Almost like you're kneading dough, tearing it apart and smashing it back together and tearing it apart again and smashing it back together. And I even use hand movements for this because I have a martial arts basis. So you can even tear the emotions apart and push them back together. You can separate them, chop them up, move them apart. And when you've practiced that sufficiently, you're going to yawn. And even a little bit of tearing might happen. A little bit of uh, uh, your eyes might get a little glassy. That's a good sign. A yawn is a good sign and the tearing is a good sign. Because yawning is a calming signal in mammals. It shows that your limbic system just reappraised, to use the psychological vernacular, it reappraised the fight or flight scenario. And for if you're feeling nervous or you're feeling down, that's exactly what you wanted it to do. 
You wanted your limbic system to reappraise how things are going because things are not going badly. Things are going great. Things are going awesome. It's sunny outside. I can see it's sunny behind you there. We're having a nice conversation. Everything is wonderful. Things are fantastic, right? So it's just that our limbic systems, our inner child sometimes gets a little, just like a child, gets stubborn. It's a little mammalian brain. It's just a little little thing like this, right? And it gets stuck in, oh, things are bad. Or it gets, for me, it gets stuck in, we're in danger. Like it thinks punches are flying at my head at every moment. There's no punches flying at my head at this moment, right? There's no need for me to be nervous, although that's my limbic system thinks, right? Yeah. So this is a brilliant, this is a brilliant brain hack that some amazingly brilliant Buddhist discovered three to 5,000 years ago. And I noticed that you yawned, and it could be because I yawned too, because that's another yeah. beautiful thing is that when one mammal yawns, it's a calming signal to all the other mammals. Yeah. Interestingly, it works on horses, cats, and dogs too, or at least I know it works on dogs and cats as well. I'm not sure about horses, although they, they have been domesticated a long time. I wouldn't be surprised. So never stifle a yawn, let the yawn fully happen. And that's called spin the clouds. I also call it tear the clouds or shred the clouds. Uh, and uh, the more you practice that, the more control you're, you're going to find you're going to get on that limbic system. And it's one technique out of like 30. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one of the basic ones. It's one of the, one of the best ones. And um, the reason why I asked if you're feeling positive emotions or negative emotions, because I, I, um, I made a mistake. I had a podcast a few podcasts ago with a very lovely person. Her name is Rachel Udy. She has a very nice uh, podcast. And um, we're doing this technique. I said, now shred the clouds. And I saw her face scrunch up. I thought, hmm, that was an interesting psychological result. I'm not sure what happened there. And I asked her afterwards and she said, I was enjoying the meditation, Josh, and it was working for me perfectly. But then you told me to shred the emotions and I didn't want to. And I said, well, why? She said, because they were good emotions. She said, I was feeling really good. This is really interesting. And me with my negative bias, because I have anxiety and depression, I was sitting here thinking everything is terrible, right? And so, you know, I made a mistake. Oh, yeah. So now I have to remember to ask, are you feeling positive or negative? If you're feeling positive, we would have done an inhalation technique. So we would have taken that, we would have taken that positivity and we would have thought of the bestest, goodest, goodest, most positive, better still thing. And I would have conjured that kind of emotions and we would have ramped it up to a whole nother level of joy and elation. If that's what, where she was, I would have tried to take her higher to get that, uh, that feeling bubbling and, and max, maxed out. So spin the cloud is kind of like entering root, right? Like in DOS or entering, like in Linux, you're, you're going to your root super user. Oh. Now you're in the command line, right? Now you can enter commands to bring it up, to bring it down, to move it around, get ready for a battle, get ready for your presentation at work. And all these techniques are all part of a homogenous whole that when you put them together, uh, it, it literally perfects the, the human system. Hmm. So what did you think of it, Jared? Did you feel a difference? Yeah, I felt a difference. Um, it's um, very interesting. I actually, um, you know, uh, stuff I've been through, I have a hard time kind of connecting with my emotions. So I think it kind of helps kind of connect with those and also kind of deal with them as well too. But um, because I think me, especially, I think even men tend to kind of bottle up their emotions and stuff like sure. that and store it. And I do that quite a bit too. <laughs> so. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty standard heteronormativity. You know, um, men should be stolid. 
you know, bottle up the emotions, don't talk about it. It's hard to talk to your friends about a, about uh, awkward things. And uh, yeah, uh, so that's definitely unhe unhealthy. Uh, so this technique will definitely help with that. And you know, I found that, and a lot of people are not going to want to hear this, but, but um, it's a truth. Some people's anxiety and depression is so endemic that it might be permanent, right? It might not be possible to, no matter how much I meditate, it might not be possible to get my limbic system, you know, uh, in a state where uh, it's, it's like everybody else, where they can watch a horror movie and they're not in any way afraid. They walk out of the horror movie and they have what Aristotle called called the uh, carthetic moment or carthesis and they're like ah that, oh that, that relief you feel when the horror movie's done right i don't get that i i watch a horror movie and i stay ramped for days so it might be it might not be possible for me to get to a state where i'm like that but that's okay because it's you know it's like the it's like the anxiety disorder your limbic system and your mammalian brain is like the child that's coming along with you on the journey and you don't get to choose the child. <laughs> the, the child you get is the child you get. Any parents out there will understand what I'm talking about. The child you get is the child you get, right? So, and that's your inner child that's born with you. And so it's not about ditching it. It's not about getting rid of it. It's about nurturing it. It's about living harmoniously with this inner child and making the inner child as healthy as possible so that instead of being annoying to live with or bad to live with or a burden, it's, it's a joy. Because uh, this inner child is also where all your fun comes from, where all your creativity comes from, also where your your mischievousness comes from, right? Uh, so, so there's lots of good things that come from this this mammalian brain, this inner child. A lot, a lot of those, you know, I'm I'm blending a couple of brain systems together, but I don't I don't think I'm going too far in that. A lot of that side of you, that emotional side of you, is important for how you how you live your life, right? So, uh, yeah, so. I find it super exciting. I, I find it super interesting, and uh, the journey can still be good, even with, even with that 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 uh, goth inner child you have sitting in the back seat. You, you can still, oh. <laughs> right? You can still make your inner child feel better and and move forward with it. Uh, definitely, if you treat it right with this meditative system. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I know. Uh, you mentioned inner child quite a bit, but I know because I've been listening to kind of Eckhart Tolle, but also Teal Swan. I don't know if you're familiar with the latter, um, but they talk about the inner child quite a bit and how um, kind of because she kind of has like a completion process. And that's um, she's kind of new age and a little out there, but it, she does a lot of work and even books on. I think she even wrote a book on um, kind of like social isolation and also loneliness as well too, which I thought was interesting. I haven't read that book of hers yet. But. Oh yeah. And so tell me about this completion process. It sounds interesting. Um, I, I think it's, it's similar kind of to, um, I want to say kind of spin the clouds. I, I had a hard time doing it because it requires quite a bit of kind of visualization. And I know mm. you kind of connect with your kind of emotions and kind of your inner child and kind of, um, and what is it kind of, she also does, I think, kind of parts work where it's kind of like you get kind of the different parts of you or archetypes, which I think is kind of from Carl Jung, if I'm thinking right, um, and kind of integrate, similar, them, yeah. uh, integrate them into you and kind of. Um, 
I see. So is this like a process of you talking with your inner child and going through traumatic scenarios and, and asking yeah. your child, what yeah. do you think about this and how would you do that? And yeah. Um, I see. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the technique. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know she has, um, I don't know. I know she does events. Um, I mean, not lately, but um, online events lately. And also she does workshops and retreats. Um, I have, I know the completion process on Kindle. Um, I need to probably go through it again. Cause I had trouble just cause I've, trouble kind of connecting with my emotions kind of visualizing and doing it um mm. but i know i know of at least a few they're kind of certified or practitioners of i guess of her, of her method um mm. i don't know i find it interesting because um and um i've just been rereading eckhart tolle and i know he's mentioned it at least a few times and i'm a fan of his because he kind of blends in a lot of different eastern and western philosophy and spirituality and stuff too mm-hmm. but Interesting. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm not a professional. No one pays me for any of my philosophy. So definitely my first statement would be, you know, I hope uh, the meditative techniques that I've developed to help myself and my wife, who also, she suffers from PTSD and depression. uh, uh, I hope these meditative techniques help everybody else, but I would not uh, for a second say, stop seeing your therapist or stop taking a medicine. Yeah, yeah. Do not do not stop seeing your therapist and do not stop taking your medicine thinking, oh, Josh will fix me. You know, <laughs> I do not take responsibility for that. I don't know you. Like I have, yeah. I have no way of, I don't want to be responsible for that. So make sure you keep taking your medicine and whatnot. Also try my techniques. They should help. Whether you have clinical situations or not, you're just feeling down. If you're not even clinical, the meditative techniques will help even more. The people I've taught it to who who are not clinical, they, they get even more benefit because their limbic system is that much more healthy. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good thing for them. But I would say that I want to go back to something that you said, which I've heard time and time again, and that you have trouble connecting with your emotions. And I hear this a lot. And, and I know why, or I have an idea as to philosophically at a, at a high level why this happens. And I think it's the problem of nihilism. And so to kind of pan out now, so we've kind of done the personal uh, and now I want to pan out to the political and to the philosophical for a second, if you don't mind, Jared. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, which is interesting because usually most podcasts we do it the other way, but we did it backwards this time. That's fine. That's not yeah, a problem yeah. at all. <laughs> um, and it's that, but it's this problem of nihilism. It's this problem of feeling nothing. It's this problem of feeling numb. It's this problem of having trouble connecting with any emotions and maybe even trouble finding your joy or finding your purpose or finding inspiration that would fuel you every day and get you up. Are any of these words uh, resonating with you, Jared? Yeah, I would say um, that definitely resonates with me. Well, don't feel bad uh, because you're not alone. There's many people who are like that. And I have good news and bad news. The, uh, the good news is I think I can help you with it. Uh, and I think the philosophy already exists and is already out there. I just need to point you to it. And I think it will help. The bad news is that this was a purposeful, I'm going to say something crazy. Get ready. This was a purposeful psyops attack from the last greatest philosopher. His name was Friedrich Nietzsche. He was German, Prussian technically, I think, but German. He wrote in the 19th century and he literally, and you can look it up. And and I, I don't think any scholars of Nietzsche would have anything against what I'm about to say. He literally said, and I'm paraphrasing, I hate democracy, it's ugly. Uh, And by that he meant liberal democracy, you and me, Canada, US, 
they're both style democracies, the, the uh, England, the UK, the northern, uh, the northern democracies, not that they existed at that time, but northern European democracies. Uh, they're ugly, they're whiny, they're braying, they're lazy. They're, uh, to, to use our terms, they're either Homer Simpson on a good day or they're whiny woke uh, uh, children on a bad day. Uh, to use our terms, but that's pretty much what he meant. Uh, he called them the weak. And he literally decided he was going to destroy us. And you know how he decided he's going to destroy us? He's, he, was a, he was brilliant. He just, he, uh, he's working, by the way. He decided this. He said, I'm going to destroy the notion of moral truth and destroy the notion of truth proper. And when I do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the youngness and get the young all excited about being new creative artists that, have, that, that truth is subjective and that they have their own cultures and they have their own lifestyles. He invented these concepts and made them popular for 90% for the most part. They did not exist before for Nietzsche, not really, uh, to any great degree, appreciable degree. I'm gonna make up these concepts and make everyone uh, uh, fl flattered by being creative and different than everybody else when you're really just the same. And I'm gonna put that in, in culture and that's gonna destroy, I'm gonna put that out there and then they're gonna, now culture will exist, culture didn't exist before that culture will exist, it'll be, it'll be a, a, a lens that they look through everything at, and it'll destroy truth, it'll destroy moral truth, the people will have no more morals to live by, but that means also they're going to have nothing to live for. They're gonna be, there's going to be no value goals, because the moral concept is the value concept, right? So if you destroy the moral concept, you have no values anymore, there's nothing important, there's just hedonism, and, and Augustine, St. Augustine of the Catholics, as Augustine explained to us, the peaks and valleys of desire satisfaction of hedonism is not a very good life, right? You feel great when you're stoned or high or in the middle of sex, but before and after you, you feel really, really terrible. So that's not, that's not any great kind of life to live for, uh, as, as so many of us are learning on, on Tinder. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> or when we have a hangover the next day. Uh, and then he destroyed the notion of moral truth. And he even said, I'm gonna destroy the notion of truth proper, of facts. Uh, and tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Uh, now we're talking about alternate facts. Now we're talking about post-truths. Now truth is relative to your tribe, either the far left or the far right. And they don't even have a lexicon of facts and truths that they talk about anymore. Is all of this sounding familiar, right? This yeah. was directly and specifically caused by Friedrich Nietzsche uh, in the late 19th century. And uh, he predicted it would take 200 years to destroy liberal democracy. He's a little ahead of schedule. But by the time climate change uh, catches up with us, he'll probably be right on, in his prediction of exactly 200 years. Uh, 2050 would be the uh, round right, the right date. And uh, yeah, so you can blame, you can literally blame the society we have with the rich being so powerful and having nothing to, to hold them back. You can literally blame the tribalism we have. You can literally blame Trump. You can literally blame the uh, crazy denial of truth and the left and the right not being able to talk together. And you can literally blame the malaise of modernity. You can literally blame the nihilism that we all fear and suffer from and having no goals that are worthy to obtain due to Friedrich Nietzsche, who literally wanted to destroy you. He wanted to destroy me. He wanted to destroy everything that we live in and most of which what we, what we hold dear. Hmm. Have you ever heard that before? No, I haven't. That's uh, pretty uh, mind blowing actually. 
I dare anyone listening to this to study Nietzsche or look at his Wikipedia page and see if I am wrong in any way, shape, or form. He literally verbatim said, I hate these guys. They're gross. That was his best argument. Should he? No. He just hated us. They're, they're gross. You're whiny. I don't like you. You're weak. And he wanted to replace it with strong values. Now, here's, here's the upside. Here's the good news. The good news is that what he wanted to replace it with already exists. It already exists in Plato. It already exists in Aristotle. And it's the concept of the good. Nietzsche knew this better than anybody. He read the Republic in the original Greek. Uh, it, said, it is said he read the Republic in the original Greek like once a year to remind himself of, of the greater philosopher Plato. The good is our valuation concept. It's our moral concept that I already mentioned it. And we need to recapture it. We need to uh, uh, shake off all the idols, to use the exact terminology they would use. And we need to attach and go for the good directly. What is the good? Uh, conceptually, the good is our valuation concept. It's our moral concept. It's the concept that uh, has all positivity, all likableness in it. Uh, in uh, Plato's uh, Republic, Book 7, uh, in his cave metaphor, he likened the good to the sun outside the cave. So when you leave the cave, the cave is the, the, the whole chamber of, of, of political opinions. Uh, social media, we call it social media. We can call it, we've digitized and gamified the cave. It's social media. And you get outside of that and you look at what's actually good. And it's, it's pure joy. It's pure happiness. It's pure it's pure emotion uh, of that. It's pure uh, enlightenment. It's pure elucidation. For you and for everyone you love and everyone around you, it's, it's literally the optimal optimality. It's, it's the ideal idealism. Practically, how do you attain it? Easy. Don't hurt anybody because that ain't good. And seek the good and seek what the optimal optimality that you can make the most idyllic scenario you can make, the most joy you can cause for as many people as possible without hurting anybody. That's the good. It's very simple. And this can fulfill your life. This can give you purpose. This can give you, this gives you the guidelines. It gives you the rules. This gives you everything that we need to live our lives by and everything we need to seek. Uh, it, it, it's complete. It, it needs no further arguments than what I just gave. Uh, I do have a book about it. It's called Tao Agathos. It's free. When I say a book, I have a Word document I've hammered on enough that it's big enough for me to call a book. And so um, anyone can have what, it. <laughs> what, is, what is the book called? It's called Tao Agathos. Uh, I can give you, I'll give you all the links at the end of the show. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tao is the Chinese word for the method, truth, or path. Agathos is the Greek word for the good. So it is the method, the truth, and the path of the good. Huh. So that's look at it this way. Nietzsche looked out into society and he saw that the moral systems and the, the sense of love, of self-love, is completely wrapped up in two things. Religion and storga, which is the Greek word for uh, patriotic love. Those the only two things you could, you, could, you could aspire to. And he loved that. He loved the great religions that made great and beautiful cathedrals that took generations to make. He loved the pyramids that took generations to make. Those were the great kind of awe-inspiring art and symbols and systems that gave people's lives so much purpose they dedicated their entire life to it. So it's not that he was trying to take that away from us. He was trying to destroy the wrong idols to give us the pure product. And that pure product is the good. 
And if we could follow the good, all of our problems go away. Climate change goes away. This tribalism of the left and right goes away. Uh, us not listening to scientists anymore goes away. All the abuse that happens to people, both large-scale abuse between countries, in countries, economic abuse uh, between the rich and the poor, and the abuse, small-scale abuse in homes uh, between uh, so-called friends, can't be friends if there's actually abuse, between a family, all of that goes away if we orient ourselves to that sun, if we orient ourselves to that ideal of the good. And I don't even have to convince you to do this. Everybody already knows to seek the good. Whenever you're going to sleep at somebody's house, for example, and they give you an air mattress on the ground, they say, and I quote, I know it's not ideal, but blah, 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 blah. It's the best I could do, yada, yada, yada. Why did they say that? Why did they say, I know it's not ideal, but? We didn't have to teach them what's ideal. They already know what's ideal. And they already know that they're supposed to seek it. Why? Because it's ideal. Why seek what's optimal? Because it's effing optimal. That's why you seek it. No other argument is required. No other argument is desired, quite frankly. I don't need to hinge uh, a personality and a beard onto this thing. I don't need to hinge a religion onto it. I don't need to hinge any other concepts onto it. Why do you try to do what's ideal? Because it's ideal. Duh. I mean, there's, you don't need to add anything else onto it. And everybody already knows to seek it. Everybody already knows the good. They just don't know fully what it is in its full naked form. And they just don't know how to get it. So that's all we need to do to solve all these problems. And quite frankly, that's the only thing that will solve all these problems is knowing what the good is fully and knowing how to get it and opening our hearts to it and seeking it. Yeah, that's uh, pretty profound. Um, some of it reminds me, because um, I don't have as much of a background in philosophy, but I have delved in some into kind of stoicism and also mm -hmm. a little bit objectivism, although I had a hard time reading Ayn Rand's books, to be honest. <laughs> um, I just thought they were yeah. really dry. And I, th I just thought they were really dry and boring. And I just uh -huh. kind of yeah. wanted to get the philosophy, uh, the philosophy from it. But um, yeah. Yeah, Marcus Aurelius, of course, was probably the original Stoic. And what he was seeking is what, what, I, what I'm talking about. And there's a lot of cross paths going on there, for sure. Hmm, interesting. Um, so you have a, I want to talk about it just uh, a little bit, uh, but you have a, uh, I think, a book out uh, coming out, but you also have a documentary you worked on in the past, some as well, too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, the documentary is about Google. Uh, it's called Don't Be Evil, Google Secret War. You can see it on iTunes now. Uh, truth be told is I kind of had to give up on the project uh, because Google was getting a little angry. Oh, <laughs> so, really? <laughs> yeah. So I had, to, I had to quit pushing it. I had to quit talking about it. Oh, okay. Uh, I see. Yeah, sadly. So that's what the documentary is about. That took up that $400,000. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a great documentary. It's well-produced. If you're looking for something to watch, it should still be on iTunes. I put it up there. I don't know why it'll be taken down unless Google got it taken down. To tell you the truth, I haven't even looked because it, it is, although it's a worthy project and important, it's nothing compared to what I just told you about, right? Which is my life's mission. Yeah. It's nothing compared to the meditation that I've discovered and it's nothing compared to the, to the good. It's nothing compared to my, my mission to bring the good to, to everybody else. So if, if I could self-promote myself a little bit, what I'd be much more interested in making sure everyone pays attention to is email me at joshpashinsky at gmail.com, J-O-S-H, 
B-A-C-H-Y-N-S-K-I at gmail.com or follow me at Twitter at Josh Brashinsky and you can DM me or, or, or tweet at me. I have the book, Dow Agathos, which explains in full detail uh, the argument I just gave and what I'm talking about. If you need any more uh, proof as to what it is or why to do it or how to do it. If you're more philosophically minded, I have a book called The Zombies, which is kind of uh, Dow Agathos and the zombies are kind of the yin and yang to each other. Dow Agathos is the positive argument. It doesn't do any negative argument. It just says, here's the good. Seek it. It's great. Uh, uh, and it replaces the moral systems. It doesn't actually replace them. It actually suffuses them. It actually justifies moral systems, right? If your moral system doesn't have the good at the core, your moral system is not actually fully moral. Uh, the zombies, however, uh, is the negative side of the argument. It looks at all the other moralities that still exist. It was my master's thesis that I just built into a book. It looks at all the other moralities that exist and shows how they're all wrong for, for uh, the same reason. They're all infected by a virus that's existed for thousands of years. It's infecting all of our brains. That makes us all zombies. That's caused every genocide, every religious war, uh, every war period. It's caused, uh, uh, it's caused every uh, Game of Thrones style problem, right? Uh, political problem. And if we don't delete it, uh, we'll never fix it. So it's kind of the negative side of the argument. Both those books are free. They're big word documents that I've hammered on. I'm not, what's the point? No publisher would ever publish this, right? No, pu uh, no publisher would ever understand what I just tried to tell you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, what's the point? I don't want the money. So here you go, take, take the books. Uh, uh, and of course, Bach Meditation, bit.ly slash Bach Meditation, B-I-T dot L-Y slash B-A-C-H Meditation, M-E-D-I-T-A-T-I-O-N, excuse me. Is that the, uh, that's the meditation app you created or you, Andrew? That's the YouTube channel for, for the meditative lessons. Oh, okay. Okay. And then the meditation app I created is at app.meditationassistant.com. Oh. So all of those works are all organized and uh, uh, organized towards the same goal, the same good, which is the good. It is my life's mission now in the remaining 20 to 30 years that I might have to try and make as many people aware of the good as possible. It will stop the numbness you feel. It will stop the nihilism you feel. Instead, it will replace it with the joy I feel, talking about my, my telos, talking about what I should be talking about every day. Not that you have to go and be a warrior for the good and tell other people about it too, although I would really appreciate that if you did. That would really help because I'm just one guy <laughs> and the world is big and I can be on a million podcasts and you know it's still like make a tiny little dent into the social media machine of pumping out, ah, Trump this, Trump that, every day, 24 hours, 24 seven. So, uh, but it's gonna help you find your joy. It's gonna help you find what your intrinsic needs are and how you can satisfy them without hurting anybody else and how you can be bl blameless, how you can, you can literally uh, be perfect. You can literally be optimal uh, and you can know what that is uh, for a fact. So, uh, uh, I'm super excited about it. I hope other people are too. Uh, what other questions do you have, Jared? Oh, <laughs> I'm, happy, um, I'm happy to answer them. Yeah. Um, is there, I thought there was another book, The Moral Concept. Is that one that's upcoming? Yeah. So The Moral Concept, uh, it, it, that's, that's, the, that's the zombies. Oh, that's, his, oh, that's, his, oh, okay. That's the zombies. So, uh, so I, I, I waffle on the title. It was called On Morality because that's what a proper book on, you know, philosophical book is supposed to be called on the topic, on morality. Uh, but then I called it the moral concept because I was like talking about the moral concept and how all of our moral concepts are broken. And then I called it the zombie. So it, it's the same book. It's all those titles. <laughs> take, okay. take your pick. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've had uh, I've had tons of academics through reading it. Not a single one has able been able to argue against it or find any mistakes in it. They just said, "I'm not convinced." Well, that, that's yeah. not a that's not a critique. That that's yeah. that's an admission of a failure on their part if they think they're a philosopher. If a failure comes across a valid and sound argument, by by de facto standard of being a philosopher, you must accept it. So <laughs> for them to go, well, it's valid and sound. I found no mistakes, but I don't want to accept it. Well, I just you just basically admitted you're not a philosopher. So, but anyway, I challenge anyone to look for any mistakes in it, yeah. or if you just want the positive argument that's much smaller, go to the meditation show. It's much more digestible. Uh, boiled down uh, concepts, easier to, to digest, or go read the Dao Agathos book. Uh, or if you want all of that wrapped up into a self-guided system, that's not going to philosophize to you at all, go to app.meditationassistant.com. And it's also got the theta waves built in. It's got the self-hypnosis built in. It's got the bilateral built in. It's got all my tricks and, and uh, tips built in. Uh, and it's free currently to use. Uh, so, uh, uh, I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, um, the only other thing is, um, unless you want something to add, is kind of, um, you kind of touched on it before, but especially kind of recent current events, especially Corona and COVID, it's kind of thrown the whole world in kind of chaos, governments. Mm. There's people that kind of uh, want to open, want to stay closed. And then there's like a lot of, I've seen a lot of, um, uh, mental health problems and unemployment and other stuff like that. Um, if you yes. want to touch on that and kind of your, um, what you think of it, what you think would be, um, I don't know, thoughts, opinions and stuff like that. But. You know, that, that's a great question. And, you know, everyone's going through it. Uh, you know, I've been uh, self-isolating since March 1st. Uh, I'm going crazy in my house here. <laughs> you know, uh, And uh, at first, you know, I think the world was depressed. I think, I think I was a little bit down about it. And it is a bummer, but then I realized that this light hit me and I realized that it's not. It's an opportunity for change. It's an opportunity to, to go into your cocoon and, and literally gestate into something beautiful and gestate your life into something beautiful. It's time, it's time to reflect, it's time to pause, it's time to poke your head up and look around and see how your life is going. Really look and see how your life is going and tell me if you can't make any improvements to it. Tell me if you don't think that you can improve it in some way. I have the exact way and the method and the means by which you would do that. And it's the Bach meditation system. It's free. I'm not charging anybody any money for any of this stuff. The Bach meditation system, uh, learning about the good, making a good life uh, and making things gooder, for lack of better English, sorry, making things gooder for yourself and making things gooder for your, your family as well. Uh, there's, there's no better time to change. We get one life. That's it. This is it. This yeah. is not a, you know, to, to quote the Red Hot Chili Peppers, this life is more than just a read through. This, this is not, oh, this is not the dress rehearsal, <laughs> right? Yeah. Pretty, this is not the dress rehearsal. This yeah. is it. This is yeah. the life, right? Yeah. I'm more than half done it. Trust me, the one I'm going to get. Trust me. You want to get onto the good now. You, you know, however, no, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you have three seconds left or you have 30 years left, or you have, you have 50 years left, you want to get onto this now, you want to make those positive changes now, because it's going to make every second plus 10 happy points better aggregate over time as we move on. It's not hard to do. It's easy to do. I've boiled down all the hard philosophy. You don't have to go read Plato and Aristotle and Augustine and Machiavelli and Al-Farabi and Al-Ghazali, Kant, Maimonides, Boethius. You don't have to go read 
uh, Descartes, you don't have to read Rousseau. You don't have to read, uh, who else did I read? Hobbes, you don't have to read. <laughs> I could name all the philosophers I had to read to extract all this out. You don't have to read Lao Tzu. You don't have to read the I Ching. You don't have to read Confucius. I've taken it all and boiled it into a page or two. Just read it and go and do it. It is what philosophy was supposed to figure out this whole time. I figured it out. Just go do it and, and things will be much better for sure. Yeah, yeah. Nice. How's that for a sales pitch? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm working on the sales pitch. I haven't quite caught it yet. Yeah. I'd, I'd say I'd say it's pretty good. <laughs> good, good. Well, I hope people should be excited about it watching this yeah. because it is it. Try me, try me. It's literally what you're all missing. Trust me, yeah. I've been there with the scotch in the hand and the tears coming out and hitting the steering wheel, saying, "What is? Why is this not better? What is wrong with this?" Trust me, I have been there. Look at the philosophy I found. Don't make me reincarnate into another body and do this again in another thousand years. <laughs> when I reincarnate in a thousand years, I want to be born into, ah, everyone knows the good already. Ah, life is, life is paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want to reincarnate into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know uh, if there's anything else to add. Um, <laughs> what possibly could be there to be added at this point? Yeah, I know. I know, but I'm just, uh, just kind, of, kind of put a end on things um uh, i just although i just dropped that reincarnation comment i mean yeah. that, could, that could take us in a whole other see that desert back there we'd be back there somewhere you know trudging through the whole reincarnation shtick but. oh yeah 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 um yeah um what is um i'll include in show notes because i've kind of um researched but where to kind of reach you at you've mentioned some in the past like your website and sure yeah so you can follow me at on twitter at josh bashinsky you can talk to me there uh, you can email me directly if you want, uh, joshbashinsky at gmail.com. That's J-O-S-H-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S-K-I at gmail.com. Any question you have, anything at all, don't feel shy. I'm super bored. I have nothing to do here. And with the coronavirus going on, I can't go out and do any martial arts. I'm going crazy. So email me. Fine, email me. Uh, ask questions about the good. Ask questions about the meditation. I'd be more than happy to point you in the right direction. Uh, you can watch my meditation show at bit.ly slash Bach meditation. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash B-A-C-H, meditation, M-E-D-I-T-A-T-I-O-N. And finally, you can see the meditation assistant at app.meditationassistant.com. It's all one word, meditationassistant.com. Nice, nice. Thanks, Jared, for having me on. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch Um, because um, I'll probably have to write or type out some of those links or try and put at least something in the show notes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure, I can yeah. send you an email, no problem. Yeah, it was uh, it was really nice talk, um, especially about philosophy. You, um, yeah, really mind blowing. <laughs> the pleasure, sir, was all mine. That's what yeah. philosophy is, mind blowing. Yeah, when done right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll see you later. Uh, have a good uh, weekend. Uh, I should up be uploading this pretty soon. Uh, we'll sure. Next few days or whatever, but great. I'd love to see a link. Yeah.